As a free, not-for-profit service, Cradio requires the support of people like you to help keep us going in our mission. To donate, visit cradio.org.au slash donate. Cradio. Evangelize about the one you love. A talk by Father Rob Galea at the 2018 Immaculata Mission School in Hobart, Tasmania. I don't know about you, all the speakers here before, but I'm so nervous. I'm not usually this nervous to stand in front of people. Um, I'm, I, I do get scared to stand in, in public, no matter how often I do this. I'm, I'm naturally an introvert, naturally a person who prefers to just hide in my own room, mind my own business. I have a little dog. His name's Gozo. So, so my dog's cuter than your dog. He's, and he's, 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 um, he's, he's tiny. And that my ideal day is just to hide in my room, mind my own business. You see, I, I'm in a very sort of extroverted ministry as a priest, and I get to speak in, in public every single day. And I get to talk to hundreds of thousands of people. Like um, this last year alone, last year now, I spoke at about 80 schools. Um, I um, flew over 160 times. Got to speak to over 200,000, 250,000 young people across Australia and the world. And to think, how, how the heck did that happen? A person who professed to be with Gozo in his room, watch Netflix, no, chill, mind my own business. <coughs> but instead, be in a, in, a, in a place, go around and do the things that I do. And I think it's one of the things that, uh, that, that's deep inside of my heart is this passion for the subject I'm going to talk about. And that is evangelization. My heart is restless, it's seriously and it's truly restless until the world knows about Jesus. You see, I am in love. I'm in love. And I, I say this unashamedly, I'm in love. I'm in love with Jesus. I'm in love with the Holy Spirit. And I, I think about God. I love God with all my heart. I'm certainly not worthy of God. I'm not perfect. I'm far from perfect. But that's one of the things that I love about God is that I'm a madly in love with Jesus. And the thing is, it all starts with you cannot truly and effectively evangelize if you yourself don't love the one you're talking about. You see, this is what it's all about. Evangelization is about talking about someone you're in love with. You know, when you're talking about your child, I have a friend who's just had a child maybe, um, maybe seven months ago. The minute she had this child, all of a sudden, Instagram, like the feed is non-stop this child. As though the world is as interested in this child as she is. You see, the thing is, she loves this child so much. It's all of a sudden, before it was selfies, before it was her going to the gym, pretty much where I'm at right now. But, you know, it was all about her, you know, all about her family. But now, all of a sudden, it's this child. And that's all she wants to proclaim, this, this child. Look, a first walk. Look, the first tooth. Look. First time drinking from the bottle. Look, first this. And you're thinking, I don't care. <laughs> but the thing is, the thing is that I see this person so in love that I'm intrigued, that I'm in love because she's in love. You see, I catch that love. And now I, I look forward if I don't see a post in, in sort of in 24 hours. I think, what's wrong with her? Like, and I start to think and I look and I search her story to see if there's something about this child again because... Somehow, that love, love, love is contagious, you see. If I see the love that you have for this child, the love that you have for God, then I want what you have. You see, this is what evangelization, the heart of evangelization is about. I remember the first time I heard about Jesus. Now, I was brought up in a Catholic home. But I never really 
really heard about Jesus until I was 17 years old. And I had a conversion experience. I'll talk about that tonight. But something really turned around in my life. And, and simply because of one person, one person who stood up on a microphone and talked about Jesus as though he had just had a conversation with him. He talked about Jesus in a way as though he actually knew him personally. He talked about Jesus in a way as though they were, they were buddies, they were mates, that they hung out together. And I started to think, man, if I, I want to know Jesus like he knows Jesus. I want to love Jesus like he loves Jesus. You see, evangelization is not about pro promoting a philosophy. It's not about promoting an agenda. It's not about promoting world peace. It's about a person. You see, people look at me and they say, hey, Father Rob, I was on the X Factor, as you heard, I was on the project, and I did different things, and I get to do all of these things, but I don't care for all of that. You see, because first, and most importantly, I'm a Christian. That's the most important thing in my life. After that, I'm a priest. After that, I'm a priest. And only after that, then, I'm an evangelist, I'm a singer, I'm, I'm, I'm a recording artist, I'm a vlogger, I'm a whatever it is. Whatever it is. That's only, only tertiary or fourth or fifth. Because what's important, is, and I need to keep reminding myself in everything I do, every post, every, every word I say, is I need to come back to that. Number one, how is that promoting the most important thing in my life? And that is, how is the world seeing through my songs, through my words, through my posts, through everything I say and everything I do, how are they seeing and recognizing that I'm in love with Jesus? Does that make sense? So this is what everything, the heart of everything we've heard over the last few days is this. It's about falling in love with Jesus because the thing is we can go through life knowing so much about Jesus. We can know what he said. We can know what he did. We can know what he felt like. We can know his songs and we know his mother. We know everything, all of these wonderful amazing, incredible things, but not necessarily know who he is. The thing is, what are we hearing from God? What was the last thing that Jesus told you? What's the last thing that he spoke to your heart about? You see, and I'm, I know, and I know that all of you have encountered Jesus. But it's not just at this school, you know, school of mission. It's, it's when times are tough, when you don't feel like getting out of bed in the morning. When, when it is difficult, when you're at school and you're the only person, when you're at work and you're the only person who seems to have faith and you feel like everything's fading, then I ask the question, what is the last thing that Jesus told me? How, when was the last time you spent, you hung out with Jesus, you fell in love with Jesus? I was uh, looking after a friend, a friend of mine who was dying of cancer. He died just over a year ago and um, I, I was his full-time carer. And one of the things that we did about two years ago was we went on a holiday, we went to Queensland. And as uh, we went there, I think it was the Sunshine Coast, um, I'm there um, enjoying myself and Chris, Father Chris, who had cancer, he was there, he was sick, he was dying. And it was pretty intense. You know, I celebrated Mass for him there. And then I said, um, Chris, listen, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to go out. So I went out and I walked. It was a Sunday and I walked to the local parish. I said, I'm just going to go to Mass. I'm just going to be um, anonymous at the back, and I just want to receive. Because it was quite an intense time of giving, of ministering, even though I was on holiday, of, of ministering to, to, to Father Chris. And so I go to this church, 
And I walk in, and I had never even seen this church. I was just, I Google mapped or whatever, looked up for the local church, found the church, and um, coincidentally, God incidentally, there was a mass about to begin. And I, was, I walked in, and there was um, sort of people handing out bulletins. And there was this woman handing out the, the, these bulletins. And she looks at me, and she can't, she can't believe there was someone under 90 walking into the church. And so she comes up to me, and she, she, she hands me the bulletin. And she says, oh, wow, where are you from? She obviously noticed that I wasn't a local. And she didn't know I was a priest. I, she said, I said, I'm from Victoria. I'm from Bendigo. And she stopped for a while, and she said, oh, wow. Victoria, Bendigo, that's where Father Rob Gallia's from. <laughs> and I thought, I thought, and she looked at me, and I looked at her quite confused. And she looked at me, and she said, um, do you know him? And I looked at her, and I just took the bulletin, and, and I just walked away. I was pretty rude. I just walked away, because I didn't know how to react. I didn't know how to react. And so I walked away, and I sat in my seat, and I started to think, wow, this is so much how it could be with Jesus. He could be standing right there in front of us, right there, having a conversation with us. And we might not recognize him. We know about him. But what about him? She, she might have heard about me. She might know my songs. She might know that I was on the X Factor. She might know a lot of things. But I was standing right there in front of her. And she didn't recognize me. Now, this is the same. This is the pity. This is the, the pain that I have. And this is where my passion comes from. I want the world to know Jesus. Because, you see, I don't have all the answers to life's questions. And, and as much as I, I know the church does have the answers, it doesn't necessarily know how to give the answers to the world. I don't necessarily have everything that the world needs, but I do know someone who does. And that is Jesus. And it's not about us promoting our agenda. It's about us telling people, the broken, the lost, the outcast, the atheists, that Jesus is there for them too. Amen? Does this make sense? And so this is where it all, this is where it all stems from for me in my life. And I think one of the things that we're going to do over the, to actually today is we're going to go to a place and we're, we're, we're not out to promote an agenda. We're not out to promote an institution. We're not out to promote world peace. We're out to promote a person. A person. And this is what, this person is love personified, is, is Jesus. And this is where we need to go and not be afraid to speak about our love of God. Not be afraid to speak about our love of Jesus. But the thing is, again, we need to start with falling in love with God, falling in love with Jesus. There's a psalm. I know there are some Maltese people here, but um, there's a psalm, and I love it. Psalm 46, my favorite psalm. Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. Have you heard that? Be still. So how do you fall in love with God? By, okay, walking into a chapel and being still. I love how much adoration there is here. You know, and this culture of adoration, this culture of approaching Jesus in the Eucharist, and, but the thing is, we can approach Jesus again and be there, but not actually be there. Because the thing is, we go and it's like we go, we pick up the phone, we, we order, we, uh, we put in our orders and then walk out again. When it's about this, Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. This was in the chapel, I had this in the seminary when I was in Malta. There was a big sign, be still and know that I am God. But every time you walked into this chapel, it was written in Maltese. 
every time you walked into this chapel, you laughed. Because we know as Maltese, as people who speak a Semitic language, the same as, what was the Old Testament written in? Hebrew, okay? So the, that's a Semitic language, the same as Maltese is a Semitic language. Now, this is, the, the, this is how it's written in Maltese. It's Iskot o Araf Lienala. Iskot o Araf Lienala. The word Iskot. Turn to a person next to you, please, and just look at them and say Iskot. Iskot. Now, let me tell you what the word Iskot literally means. The word Iskot literally means shut up. This gentleman here just told the Archbishop. <laughs> it's kind of embarrassed. Iskot, it is that word when a child is being naughty, a parent would say, Iskot, stop it, shut up. But they don't you think, I think this is beautiful in the scripture. You see, Iskot o Arafli and Allah. So it's what he's saying is, he's telling me when I walked into that chapel, it used to tell me, Rob, shut up and let me love you. <laughs> shut up and stop trying so hard to, to, to do the right thing and just let me make you holy. You see, this is what it is, this falling in love with God is about, not about us doing things for God, but it's about God's mercy being poured over us. And us recognizing that we need, most of all, to shut up and let God give us a hug. Let God embrace us. Have you ever tried that? Walking into a chapel and saying, Jesus, I have nothing to tell you, but just give me a hug. Just give me a hug. How amazing. This is what it's about. Evangelization, at the heart of evangelization, is a, is a life that was spent letting, getting free hugs from God. Getting embraced by God and recognizing no matter how good, no matter how bad, no matter how far you've climbed, no matter how far you've fallen back, the hugs are still free and they're still available. And I was, uh, I was just thinking about a meme that I saw. You know, the free hugs and then right there was a guy behind him starting uh, with a big sign, premium hugs for $2. <laughs> God's are premium, but they're still free. Okay, they're still free. And this, this is it. This is, again, at the heart of that. This is where when we go out and speak about Jesus, speak about someone you love. Don't go and speak about a philosophy. Don't go and promote anything but the love and the love with which you have been loved because you've been able to, to escort, to shut up and let God love you. Go to those moments, those moments of falling in love with God. St. Francis of Assisi. Have you heard of him? It's a guy, and he says this. He's at attribute. This, this is actually attributed to him, but it might, might not. And he says, um, preach the gospel and only if you have to use words. He says, preach the gospel and only if you have to use words. But here's the breaking news is that we have to use words. <laughs> we have to use words. We cannot be still. We cannot be quiet. Now, people can see by your example, they can see that you love God. And if you truly love God, they will see it. But... The reality is that we need to speak about God, about our love for God. See, we're in a culture in Australia where we believe that two things should never be spoken about, which is what? Politics and, and religion. You see, politics and religion never talk about politics, never talk about religion. But if you are in love, like this my friend who's in love with their child, you cannot tell her, don't post a photo of their child. 
Because nothing else is worth posting right now. Because that Jesus is the center, that child is the center of this parent's life. And it's the same with Jesus. If Jesus is the center of our lives, he should infiltrate our, our, our actions. But also infiltrate our words. Infiltrate the way we love others. Infiltrate the way we spend our time and are generous with God. Generous with God, letting Him love us. Letting Him embrace us. So we need to go out and we need to speak. And we're going to have, we're going to have this, this opportunity today. You see, because the world is desperate for hope. The world is desperate for hugs. Premium hugs. Free premium hugs. It's desperate. Now, I'm not telling you to knock on doors and just go and embrace someone, the first person you see. But tell them, tell them about the person who embraced you. Tell them about how Jesus has changed your life. Tell them about how God has impacted and, and, and not left you the same. I was like this, then I encountered Jesus, and all of a sudden I'm like this. And I cannot be still, and I want to tell you because I know you don't need to tell them in all these words, and you don't need to stand up and shout at them. But what you do is tell them, they're, they're, they're desperate for hope. This world is desperate for Jesus. And we don't have all the answers. And sometimes we're defenseless because the, with the minute we go as Catholics, as you heard Bishop say today, it's, there's going to be persecution. And there's going to be people who, who, who are going to cringe at the fact that the Catholic Church is knocking at their door. And you are the church. You know, and they're going to be discomforted and they're going to think, when I, I several times, but I'll, I'll tell you three times in particular, walking through the streets of Melbourne with my collar on, as I'm walking on the street, uh, someone um, stood in front of me, someone, he was, um, and he, I, I tried to go over and he stood and then in front of me again and he looked at me face to face and he spat at me and he walked around and he and continued walking. People are angry. Twice in my own parish, I had someone come to attack me. Different people. Once in the, in the confessional, they weren't hearing confessions. I didn't hear their confession, so I can say this. And so they came in and they cornered me there and they started pushing me and started intimidating me. I managed to get out. But people, I did nothing wrong. But the thing is, uh, very often, and this is what you might be today, you will be the face of the church that has made terrible mistakes. And that has done horrible things. But the thing is, we need to stand up bold, because not because about what the church has done or hasn't done, but because of a person that we're in love with. Amen? It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus, who presides in his holy Catholic church. The church remains the bride of Christ, still remains the beautiful bride of Christ, maybe with a stained dress, a stained wedding dress right now. But there is hope because there's you who are letting God love you, letting God embrace you. And let these people see this generation that's in love with Jesus. I wrote a song once uh, um, which talks about this. It says, bring us to our knees. It was about the abuse and the abuse that has happened in the, in the church. But I, one thing that I pray is that people will recognize a church that has now fall into its knees and come back to its first love. I think it's the book of Revelations that says this. This one thing I hold against you and is that you have forgotten what? Your first love. Your first love. Don't forget your first love. Don't go out to promote an agenda. Go out and let your heart 
be seen, a heart that is in love with Jesus. I want to share this. Some time ago, when I was in the seminary, I was in my first year in the seminary. We have a prepodeutic year, and then we have a year, a first year in the seminary. And one thing that I did pray, and I prayed really hard, I said, Jesus, give me a room next to the chapel. The one that said, shut up. And so I prayed, and my prayer was answered. It was right next door. So I got this chapel. And so one thing, I made a habit of this. Every day, I would get, I'd get up um, at night when everyone went to sleep. Um, I'd go out uh, into the corridor, and I'd go into this chapel. And I'd lock the door. Why? Because I didn't want anyone to come in. And the reason was because I did this. I used to go into the chapel, and I used to step in front of the tabernacle. Now, I don't recommend that you do this. Maybe this is... Wrong? I don't know, but it worked for me. And so I went in. I used to, I, I bowed before the tabernacle. I, I genuflected, and I knocked on the tabernacle. I said, Jesus, <laughs> I'm here. And then what I would do is I'd rest my head against the tabernacle. And I'd just sit there. Every day. Every single day. And then I would kneel down. But one day, something strange, something different happened. I was there. I was kneeling down. And as I was kneeling down... I see from the distance, I see, um, in my imagination, I see, I see a cross. And I'm there quiet, praying. And I see this cross in the distance, and I'm looking towards the cross. And I get curious. Again, this is my imagination. I get up and I walk towards the cross. And as I walk towards the cross, I can see Jesus, Jesus on the cross. And I go up to the cross, and I look at Jesus, and the cross is quite high up compared to where I was. And I look at Jesus, and Jesus is looking directly at me. And he says, he looks at me, and he says, Rob, give me. And I said, Jesus, what am I going to give you? I have nothing to give you. And I just stood there, just stood there. In, my, in reality, I was kneeling down in the chapel. And I'm there. And then again, um, Jesus looks at me and says, Rob, give me. And I was quite upset because I really didn't know what to give. What do I give you, Jesus? And all of a sudden, Jesus takes his hand off of the cross and holds his heart. He holds his heart, and he holds his heart in his hand, and he holds out his heart towards me. And he looks at me, he says, Rob, give me. And I said, Jesus, what am I going to give you? You're giving me. What am I going to give you? And at this time, in, again, in reality, I'm all tears. I'm crying. I'm, 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 I'm bawling. And... Uh, he, he, uh, he says, Rob, give me. And then it I just clicks and I think, oh, okay, this is what I can do. I took my heart, again, my imagination. I took my heart and I held out my heart towards his heart. And as I did this, Jesus all of a sudden pushed, pressed his heart against mine. And I noticed two things. The first thing was how warm his heart was. The second thing I noticed was that his heartbeat was beating at a different beat to mine. Again, Jesus looked at me, and at this time, I'm telling you, there was a puddle around me with tears. <laughs> and he looked at me, and he says, Rob, give me. And I knew what he wanted then. He said, Rob, are you ready, are you willing to give up your heartbeat for mine? And as he pressed his heart, against mine all of a sudden, my heart. And I said, I said, yes, Lord, yes, I'm willing. And they said, with tears and sort of with things running from my nose, everything. So I'm, yes, Lord. And, and so uh, he, he pressed his heart and all of a sudden my heartbeat disappeared. 
And I said, Jesus, Jesus, just your heartbeat. And he told me, he told me, no, no, Rob, listen, listen. There are two heartbeats, but they're beating in sync. And I, I, at this point, I'm saying, I'm going to stay there. I don't want to leave. But all of a sudden, he pulls his heart away from mine, puts his heart back, and he points out down the mountain. He says, go, go. And I'm saying, no, I don't want to leave. I want to stay here. The, the warmth, the, it was just so beautiful, so amazing. And he says, Rob, go. I said, Jesus, what am I going to do? He said, your heart is beating with mine. He said, what I want you to do is to take a microphone and hold the mic to your heart and let people hear my heartbeat for them. And I said, Jesus, what if my heart goes out of beat? Because I know before I get to the bottom of the mountain, I'm going to sin. I'm going to mess up. I'm going to do the wrong thing. I'm going to trip over something. I know, I'm, I know my humanity. I know my frailty. He said, but this is where I've given you beautiful defibrillators. You know, defibrillators are, that's like, stand back, one, two, three, boom, and your, your heart. And, and those are the sacraments. You see, those are the sacraments. Sacrament of reconciliation, the Eucharist. The, the sacraments of healing, all of these are defibrillators to bring our hearts back to the heartbeat of God. But this is the reality. God uses our mess. He uses our imperfection. Now you think, Father, of, I'm not in love with Jesus. I don't feel in love with Jesus. But it's not about feeling. It's about pointing to a God who we know has the answers. And this is one of the things that we can do today. It's about falling in love with Jesus and pointing to the one you're in love with. And we can do this by talking. We can do this through our example. When people are unkind to us at the door, if they are unkind to us, responding with love. It's the way we can be patient with people, charitable towards people, not only today, but every day of our life. But I think one of the things that we also can do is pray. We can pray for the people of God. You see, your prayer is no less powerful than my prayer, than the, the Archbishop's prayer. So you have as much power and presence of God as anyone else. And sometimes we don't have the answers. And this is one of the things that don't be afraid to pray with people today. Don't be afraid to pray, pray with people when you don't have the answers. We don't have all of the answers to life's questions, but again, we know someone who does. If you go into someone's house and you see that they're sick, and you don't know what to say, say, listen, I know this might be strange, but do you mind if I pray for you? And just pray a Hail Mary, pray an Our Father, pray something. <laughs> speak to Jesus, speak to the one you love and say, hey, Jesus, I don't know what to say, but there's someone who needs help right here. Can you please heal them? Amen. It's not a complicated prayer. Who said a long prayer is better than a short prayer? See, this is the thing that we need to go out and point to Jesus who has all the answers to all of life's questions. And this is what you guys are getting to do today, to go and put that into action. But this is only a microcosm of you, the rest of your lives, of pointing to Jesus. So what we're going to do is we're going to do something. Um, we're going to pray that God would commission us, that God would anoint us, that God would prepare us to go out. Okay. Uh, the scripture says to go out two by two. But, and the reality is that we're going to have the Holy Spirit with us. We're going to be anointed. You are anointed. Okay? I'm not the evangelist. 
You are the evangelist. I just want you to look at your hands. Those hands that you look at and look at wiggle your feet if you have the thongs on or just look at your feet. Those, these are the hands of Jesus and those are the feet of Jesus. Sent out, as the gospel says, to proclaim the good news to the ends of the earth. And uh, Tasmania is really the ends of the earth. You know? like, <laughs> so let's go, let's go and make Let's go and make a difference. But what we're going to do is we're going to pray for an anointing of God's presence, God's power over us. Amen? Amen. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start a prayer. I'm going to um, pray a prayer. And then I'm going to ask you to, to pray over the person next to you. This might be awkward. You think, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? If you don't know what to pray, you can pray in our Father. But I would speak. Just speak to the God you love. Okay? Speak to the God you love. It doesn't need to be anything elaborate. All you do is you can put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you. And then what you do is at the end just say, I, uh, what, what kind of prayer? As a commissioning prayer. We, uh, go, go forth and proclaim the good news as we, as we trace the sign of the cross on, on the forehead of the person next to us. Can we try that? Okay, so let's pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are a God who has called us to love you to shut up and be still in your presence, to let you love us. Jesus, we pray that you give us the grace to go out, to proclaim you, to point to you. You have anointed each and every one of us. You've equipped us with your Holy Spirit, with your empowering. Lord, make us aware of your presence. Make us aware of the anointing over our lives. Make us aware of the gifts that we have, the gift of your presence that this world is in so much desperate need of. And give us the boldness and the courage to step out, even though we're fearful, even though we're scared, Lord, we go forward and we do it scared. You are an amazing God and you are with us. So what we can do now is just turn to the person next to you and just pray for them in your own words. Pray for them and pray for God's commissioning and anointing over them. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. That was Father Rob Galea with Evangelize About the One You Love. This presentation was part of the 2018 Immaculata Mission School held in Herbart, Tasmania, on the theme being a disciple of Jesus. For more talks, interviews and shows, visit creadio.org.au.